You're listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland Podcast. Now, your weekly message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining again uh, our podcast. Uh, I pray that all is going well with you and your family. Um, I know during these times when we're uh, people are shut in and, and uh, unable to go as they'd like to go, that a lot of times... Um, and we want to look at that as a negative, but I, I want to encourage you real quickly that um, these are great times for reflection, great times for prayer, for studying God's Word, uh, great times to sit down with your children if you have young children and, and talk to them about some things that's going on and, and being honest with them and, and being honest in the Word of God with your children. I want to say this, you know, my, my children are older. My son just turned 21 years old. My daughter's 22. Both are getting ready to uh, graduate college this year. And uh, we have still, during these these times with the coronavirus, uh, the, the tornado that hit our neighborhood and our house has still got some damage on it, to be able to reflect with our children and think about uh, how great God is. Um, I received a uh, an email yesterday that said, uh, cause I was in back in February at the end of February, I was down in, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana doing street ministry down at Mardi Gras, uh, with SUM Bible college. And, uh, if you've read anything, they talk about how Louisiana is one of the, the top five, uh, states that have been hit by this coronavirus and the, the whole area down around New Orleans and, and, and Bourbon street, uh, were, were one of the hardest, had the most people that have um, contracted the coronavirus. And, and somebody sent me a, an email and said, you know, praise God that he was looking out for you. Yes, praise God that he was looking out uh, for me while I was down there. Uh, thank God that our house was not destroyed and there was no loss of life during the tornado. And praise God that during this time when, when everybody else is struggling so we know that uh, God has us in His hands. Does that mean I'm more important or I'm I'm more special than anybody else? Absolutely not. But this is what I want to encourage you. I pray every morning for the protection of God upon, upon my household, upon my family, and upon the ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland. And so I want to encourage you to do the same. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your steps. God looked out for us because I trust in God. Does that mean if my house would have got destroyed, if if I would have uh, got coronavirus, uh, would I have doubted God? Would I have? No. The message is the same. I trust in God as my healer. I trust in God as my provider. And, and I trust that God will see me through no matter what's going on. So I want to encourage you this morning just to, to trust in the Lord in every area of your life. Now that has nothing to do with what I want to minister on today, uh, but it is a great opportunity again while you have some time to, to listen to these podcasts. We're so excited that you're listening with us and joining along. And hopefully you watch us on Facebook Live um, We've been ministering on Facebook Live. We've not been able to go out to churches, so we've been doing more on the web. Uh, so this is this is actually the message that I ministered last Sunday in the chapel of Adult and Teen Challenge, the Upper Cumberland, uh, during our church service here on campus. So uh, hopefully 
Um, if you've watched it, listen again. Maybe you'll pick up something new. If you have not watched it, this is a great opportunity to listen in and uh, whatever you may be doing, that, the God, that God would encourage you and that God would strengthen you and everything. Uh, let's just pray. Father God, I thank you again for the opportunity that you've given me through the resources that you've given us through technology, Father God, to be able to minister your word uh, to those that are listening. I pray for each and every one that you give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord would say to them today. Bless them, Father God. Look over them, Lord. Strengthen them, Father God, in their faith. May the healing anointing of God be with them and their family. And Father, may, may you just look after them. Father, you said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come that we would have life and have it more abundantly. I thank you for the abundant life that is ours for the taking, Father God, through Christ Jesus. And Father, we give you all praise for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to I want to go to Second uh, Peter chapter three. Uh, last week, beautiful weather. Last week had a lot of time to be outside in the yard, uh, doing a lot of cleanup again with the uh, the tornado and stuff. Doing some things um, at my house to to clean up uh, from that that I've not been able to do. And just as I as I work, I have the opportunity to just pray. I, I love being outside and just just spending time with God in prayer. And uh, the Lord really brought some things to my mind while I was out there praying and, and in my spirit, man. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, it says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. Now, we're going to get to that just in a second here. Looking forward to these things. Be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. You know, I've had a lot of people uh, that have contacted me here lately, and a lot of Teen Challenge graduates, a lot of other people that I know and that I associate with, and they keep asking the question, Pastor Tim, is this it? Is is this the end? Is is this God's wrath on us? Is this the the you know the sign of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? They they you know people are are looking for answers to the the destruction that's going on and everything and and I just want to speak to you this this today whenever you're listening to this that this is not it okay we we need to know our word we need to know some things that are going on and understand that this is not it understand that the apostle peter is writing to Jews of the 1st century to encourage them okay paul Peter, or rather, Peter is writing to, to first century Jews to encourage them. He says, beloved. That's how he starts off, beloved. Does this sound like a word that you would start? He, understand that he's writing a letter to the church, to those that he loves in Christ Jesus. And he says, beloved. If I were writing a letter of bad news, if I was writing a letter to 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 to, to, to people that I didn't like that I was speaking doom and gloom over, do you think I would start that letter with beloved? Absolutely not. Peter is speaking to, to Christians that are, that are in a time of great opposition. What's going on around the time that Peter's writing these letters? Well, Nero is an emperor of Rome. He is persecuting Christians. He's having them killed. He's using them in the Colosseum as, as food for beasts. Uh, he's using them as helpless targets for his gladiators. He, he is just 
um, persecuting Christians, killing Christians on a regular basis for sport, um, for his satisfaction because he's such an evil emperor. We, we know and we understand through history that this letter was written somewhere around 66 to 68, 68 AD because history tells us that the apostle Peter was killed by Nero uh, before Nero took his life. And we know that Nero committed suicide in 69 AD. So we, we understand that, that through history that this letter was written probably, and I'm going to say probably in the 67 to 68 AD, that, that Peter is writing this letter. Um, Rome and the Roman Empire are, are very unstable. And yet Peter says to the church, Beloved, look forward to these things. Now, now again, I'm talking to you through um, through a podcast, and I say to you, beloved, look forward to the days ahead. And if that's how I would have started this, you would have thought, Pastor Tim, have you lost your mind? A tornado is hit in much of Cookville, and, and just this last weekend, part of Sparta was hit by a, a tornado. Uh, parts of Arkansas were, were hit and badly damaged through tornado. Um, the, the nation is in a lockdown because of coronavirus. The, the whole world is being affected. And you could look at all these things and you could say, uh, really, Pastor Tim, you're, what you're telling us is, is look forward to these things. Yes, absolutely. What things are we to look forward to? Well, Peter tells us. So let's go to verse 10, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. It says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Are you encouraged yet? <laughs> keep, let's keep reading. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for the hastening of the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, <laughs> hallelujah, say that's me. Nevertheless, we, according to the promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now, you read through verse 10, 11, and 12, and you're thinking, Pastor Tim, you're really not encouraging me a whole lot. Peter's not encouraging us a whole lot. Peter is letting you know, listen, things are going to happen. Bad things are going to come. I've been sharing with you for several weeks, John 16, verse 33, that the tribulation is going to come. But God says he's overcome the world, and he's given us this peace that, 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 that we can rest and trust in. Peter is saying, listen, these things, things are going to happen. The earth's going to be destroyed. It's going to be burned up. We have the promise that God is going to do these things. But nevertheless, we, those of us that are born again, those that are of us that have confessed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, according to his promises, what promise that we can look forward to a new heaven and a new earth that the righteous dwells in? Notice that Peter says, the day of the Lord will come. Now, it's been approximately 1,952 years since the Apostle Peter penned this letter. But we know with all assurance that the day of the Lord is coming. You know, 
back in back in Peter's time, Peter was writing this letter. <clears throat> Understand that this is thirty years um, after the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So so Peter was there. Peter actually denied Christ on the night that he was betrayed. Uh, Peter was there when they crucified Jesus the, the next morning on the cross. Peter was there three days later at the empty tomb when, when the Lord had spoke to Mary Magdalene and said, go get my, my disciples and Peter. Peter came into the tomb. Peter saw the napkin laying there uh, next to where the shroud was laying at. Peter was in the upper room and the Lord Jesus Christ came back into that upper room and, and Jesus showed him his hands and his side. Peter was there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell upon them and Jesus entered into the room and said, peace be with you. Peter was there and he saw all these things. And here he is some 30 something years later and he, he's, he's speaking. He says, the day of the Lord is coming. Peter, Paul, John, James, all the apostles were preaching to everyone that they could come in contact with. They were preaching that, the, that Jesus' return was near. I think what happens so many times is that we have, we have heard this for so long that we just are not looking forward to the day of Christ's return. That should be something that, that each and every believer is looking forward to is the day that Jesus comes back for his church. Now, I don't want to get into a, eschatological teaching, a study of end times right now, but, but I do want to give you some clarification on some things. Because if you, if you look at your Bible, if you read sometimes what happens is people get a little um, confused when, when the Bible talks about the day of the Lord. So, so there are three specific comings or, or three specific days of the Lord Jesus that we need to understand. The, the first is the coming of his birth. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I hope we all understand um, that the scriptures, that Jesus, the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived on the earth 100% God, 100% man, died on a cross, rose on the third day, ascended into heaven, sent his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to dwell inside all of us that confess him as Lord. We are the church of Jesus Christ because of his first appearance. So the first coming of Jesus was that of his virgin birth. The second coming of Jesus is when he will come before the time of the tribulation. He will come to take his church. This is a time we, we say is the, the rapture. Uh, you won't find the rapture in your Bible, but it's a, a time of the catching away. The Bible speaks of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 through 58. I'm not going to read that. But it speaks of the, the second coming of Christ when he will take his church out of this world before the time of the tribulation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17 says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Man, Peter says, beloved, beloved, looking forward to these things, these promises that are coming. What? that the second coming of Jesus is coming. 
when the archangel is going to blow the trumpet, Jesus is going to be in the air, and we are going to rise with him and be with him forever. Hallelujah. That, that ought to give us great joy and encouragement. Then the third coming of Jesus Christ. This, this, is, this is the Lord's return after the tribulation. This is a time when, when the church is already gone. This is a time when those that have been taken up with him at the, the second coming of Christ will come with him again to this third coming. We will come when he comes to destroy the world as we know it and create a new heaven and a new earth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12 through 13 says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Who are those saints? You and I. Those of us that have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we are those saints. When, when, when He comes the second time and blows the trumpet, He will take those saints, us, you and I, those of us that have believed up with Him in the air. We will live with Him in heaven during the time of the tribulation. And then when the tribulation, the seven years of tribulation are finished, we will come back with Him and, and we will be with the Lord when He steps foot on the ground. So Peter encourages the first Christians and Peter encourages us today that the Lord has not yet returned, but his return is imminent. So Pastor Tim, is, is what you're saying is this corona and these tornadoes and all this stuff and that he's, he's coming back soon? No, this is not it, but he is coming. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, the Lord is coming back. He's coming back because He's assured us that He's coming back. And He is not slack concerning His promises. I've had people that have made promises and broke those promises, and I'm sure you've had people that have made promises to you and broke those promises. But the Lord is not slack. He will not break His promise. He said He is coming back for His church, and He is coming back. We can rest assured of that. God has not come back yet. But he is using us, you and I, those of us that are born again, to be his witness, to be his disciples, to be his light, to proclaim the gospel and to preach it throughout all the earth. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 what it will be like before the second coming of the Lord. Matthew 24 verse 4 and 5 says, there will be many false prophets. I, you know, we see that every time something like this happens with this coronavirus, I, I've I've listened to so many people that that talk about why this has taken place and and all these prophets in the land and and listen, some of these people, I, I you know, I, I respect them as Bible teachers, but I think that that what they're doing is they're trying to incite fear in people instead of trying to incite hope in people and instead of encouraging people. And we need to, to understand that there are, there's a lot of false prophets out there. We need to study and judge everything against the Word of God. Verse 6 and 7 says there will be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes, uh, storms of all kinds. There's going to be famines. Nations truly starving to death. 
You know, this is not something new. I remember as a kid watching commercials on television where they were raising funds for, for those in Ethiopia and, and all these artists, these musician artists coming together and, and singing, we are the world, uh, trying to raise funds for these. Famines are not something new. Famines were taking place back in the, the first century of the church. That's why the church was taking up money to take to, uh, to Jerusalem. The apostle Paul himself was taking up money to take. So famines are nothing new. And pestilence, sicknesses and diseases and viruses like we're dealing with right now. These things, these things are going to come. And Jesus tells us right here in Matthew 24, verse 8, and these are the beginning of sorrows. Listen, I've said this before. The Bible tells us that the earth is groaning. The earth has been groaning since the fall of man. In the Garden of Eden, the earth has been groaning. God created the earth. In, in, in six days, He created the earth, and He said the earth is good. And then he rested. The earth was good. And then Adam and Eve, because of their sin, they, they gave the deed. They gave the rights to the earth, to, to, the, to the enemy, to the deceiver. And ever since then, the earth has been groaning because it was it's, things are going on that God never desired for it to go on. So the earth is groaning. So these wars and these earthquakes and these tornadoes and these famines and these diseases and these viruses, they are all part of the earth's groaning. But verse 14 of Matthew 24 is the key. He says, This gospel of the kingdom of God will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And then. When? When this gospel has been preached in all the world. When every man, woman, and child has had an opportunity to hear the gospel, then the end will come. According to, to, to the stream, according to the Joshua Project, according to the 1040 window, these are all organizations and there are others that are, that are taking the gospel throughout the whole world, getting Bibles into the hands of people that don't have Bibles. Uh, people like Daniel Kalanda uh, who are going out with Christ for All Nations. People like Nathan Morris who are going out and doing crusades. These, these people are going out because according to these uh, projects, there are over 2 billion people that have not yet heard the gospel. So is this it? No, this is not it. But this is the beginning of sorrows. Peter goes on to say that, that when it does happen, that it will happen as a thief in the night. The, I, I love what Matthew uh, Henry, Matthew Henry's commentary says, the suddenness of that day will come at a time when men are sleeping and secure and have no manner of anxiety or expectation of the day of the Lord any more than men have of a thief when they are in deep sleep. You know, I, I remember when the, the tornado hit, we had looked at the weather and they were talking about some rain, possibly some storms, but they, nobody talked about a tornado. And we had went to bed that night not expecting anything to happen. And then we were awakened at 1.52 a.m. And the tornado hit uh, our area around 1.53. You know, you're going to go to bed and, and, and it's never happened to me. I pray that it never happens. I pray protection over my household. But there have been times where, where people have had people break into their house in the middle of the night. They didn't go to bed thinking of those things. Listen, I don't believe that during these times of trial and tribulation, during these times where all these things are going to take place, 
these are not the times when when Jesus is going to return. I believe that that the return of Christ is going to happen in a time when we least expect it. It's going to happen in a time where people are going to be living life. And, and, and you know, we, we if we continue to read over in that area, he talks about so were the days of Noah where they were marrying and giving in marriage, where they the, the economy was good and, and people were, were celebrating and everything. And what's going to happen is this. Jesus wants to come in a time not when people are feared into worshiping him, but people, he wants people to love him, to come to him in love and to come to him out of a, 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 a pure and true heart. And so it's going to come in a time where, where people um, that really love the Lord will be seeking the Lord's return. And then those that don't, those that have a, a, an alternate agenda, they will not be seeking the Lord. I believe that the return of God will come um, as, as a thief in the night in a time when people are not expecting him to come. See, first Jesus will come as a thief in the night when we are, uh, we're not expecting it. And, and the Bible says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in a time of unexpectancy. Today, many people are concerned whether this is the end. Many people are concerned and believe God has gotten... I, I believe God has gotten their attention, but but it's not the attention of love. It's the attention of, of fear that many people are seeking the Lord and seeking these things. Secondly is, is, is the third return of Christ in which the heavens will pass away and great noise and elements will, will melt. And, and, and Peter talks about these things. Understand this. <clears throat> When we read in the Bible, uh, even in, in the book of Revelation, John is describing some things. And so many times we, we have to look at which part of those is literal and which part of those are expressive because John doesn't have the words to speak. Uh, we also need to understand that our Bibles are our translations. And so some of those things are not the original Greek, but we're trying to come up with the English words to match them. I believe Peter right here uh, has probably had a vision, has probably had a visitation of the Lord. And so what he's done is he's intertwined both the second coming and the third coming of Jesus during his his letter that he's writing when he talks about the heavens will pass away and great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up, which is describing the third coming of Jesus. The second coming is talking about the thief in the night that's going to come quick, quickly. But look at what Peter's instructions to the church are. Second Peter 3.14, he says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. So Peter tells us three things real quickly that we need to be diligent in before the Lord's second coming. We need to be found in peace. Listen, we're not the, the world right now as a whole is in panic, not in peace. And Peter encourages us, we need to be found in peace. Christ is looking for to come back. For, for a peaceful people that are seeking after him. Strong's Concordance describes the Greek word here used for peace as, as Christianity, the tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Listen, he's not coming back for a church in panic. He's not coming back for a people in fear. He's coming back for a people that are confident in their walk with God, uh, uh, assured of their salvation in Jesus Christ. People ask me, they said, Pastor, are you not worried? Listen, I, 
Yeah, I, I mean, when the tornado hit, I'm not going to tell you that I was, you know, jumping up and down. Oh, tornado! But, but on the other side, I knew that me and my family were right with the Lord, and if this was it, we were gonna, we were gonna wake up uh, in heaven. I, I'm not worried about coronavirus. I pray safety and protection over my family and over my ministry and over my friends, and and I pray that the health of God will continue to be with us. But the reality is this: I, my peace is in Christ Jesus. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, whose sins are pardoned, their peace has been made with God, and they are safe and happy people. See, the people that, that, are, that are at peace with God, these people that Peter's talking about, number one, peace with God through their Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, peace with their own conscience through the Holy Spirit. Listen, if your conscience is telling you that there's some things not right, you need to get right with the Lord. And then number three, peace with men by having a calm disposition. Listen, I, I, I'm confident in number one, and I'm confident in number two. Number three, now that one I work on. Lord, to help me to have peace with all men in a calm disposition, resembling that of our blessed Lord. I, I struggle in that one. I'm just going to be real, but but I pray for people. When, when people do me wrong, when people say things about me, I pray even more so for those people Um probably than I do some of my closest friends that I know that are right with God because I want to make sure that my heart is right with those that have despitefully used me. The Bible tells us in John chapter 20, verse 21 through 23, it says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, then you they are forgiven them. If you retain the sin of any, they are retained. Listen, Jesus desired none should perish. I don't want any to perish. I want to be a light and I want to be a testimony to those that, that have even tried to say things against me or against this ministry or tried to persecute us. So, so I want to pray and have peace with all men. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 36 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Listen, we need to be preaching the message of peace, not a message of fear, not a message of destruction. Listen, we need to teach the Bible. We need to teach it correctly. I believe Jesus is coming. And those of us, those of those people that are in fear, people that are not right with God, and those are the ones that need to get right with God, and we need to do so. Now, what, what I'm saying is I'm not saying we need to preach a false message. We need to preach a, a truth about repentance and about sin. We need to preach sin. We need to preach that, that, that living a lifestyle of homosexuality, living a lifestyle of drugs and alcohol, aborting babies, all of these things are wrong and sinful, but, but, but God loves those people he just hates their sin. Preach against the sin. Don't preach against the people. Hallelujah. Number two, be found without spot. Another word we could use uh, is irreproachable. That others and the uh, curse of, of the brethren, the devil, that, that he would find fault in you. Don't, don't be irreproachable. Don't, don't, don't be... Um, the Bible says to be found without spot. Don't even let the accuser, the enemy, be able to find any fault in you. Make sure that you get your heart right with God. Understand that it's not you. It's not me. We, we and of ourselves, uh, we have many faults and many spots, but it's in Christ Jesus 
that we've been washed in the blood. It's through the blood of Jesus that we are found spotless. I'm not spotless in and of myself. Neither are you. You can't be. But it's through the blood of Jesus that we are spotless. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 through 19 says, And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. We must keep ourselves daily, minute by minute, hour by hour, second by... We need to be under the blood of Jesus. If you do something wrong, be quick to repent and ask God to cleanse you with the precious blood of Jesus. 1 John 1, 7-9 says, But if you walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, be quick to confess. Be quick to repent. Be quick to call out to God. And He will be faithful and quick to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. To be found without spot is to confess and to proclaim the blood of Jesus upon your life in every, every waking minute that you have. Don't miss it. And then number three, quickly, He says, be found blameless. To be found blameless. Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 through 16 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as a light in the world, holding fast the world of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Listen, to be found blameless... Don't get caught up in gossip. Don't get caught up in, in talking about other people. Don't get caught up in, in this sin of, of trying to drag other people down. Keep your, keep your heart right towards all men. You know, people are going to miss it. I miss it. I make mistakes. I, I've done some things that I'm, I'm not proud of. But again, I'm, I'm quick to repent and, and proclaim the blood of Jesus. And I don't want to talk about other people. I, there have been times where I've heard other people talking about other things that are going on and and. You know, I, I've engaged in those conversations, but I want to get right with God. And there have been times where I've had to go to people that I've said some things, and they may not even know that I've said those things. But I want to go to them, and I want to tell them, hey, I, I've said some things that I'm not proud of about you, and I'm asking you to forgive me because I want to be found blameless. Let me read this to you out of Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 19. And I know our time is a little bit long here, but this is important. Romans 12, 9 through 19 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. This word hypocrisy, back in, back in the old days, they, they would have one or two actors that would be in plays. And what they would do is they would portray one character, then they would put on a mask and portray another character. That's what you do when you're walking around in hypocrisy, is you're, you're putting on this mask. You're, you're, you've got one face that you wear, church and then you've got another mask that you wear uh, that is a, a, a mask that is of sin and of evil and of gossip and of, of, of things that, that are not of God. Then he says, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligent, fervent spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints and giving to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. 
Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will pay, says the Lord. Listen, we need to not be blameless. We need to walk in peace with our fellow man. We need to, to be a light in a dark world. We need to pray for, for those that have come up against us, that have tried to persecute us. We need to bless them and not curse them. We need to rejoice with people. We need to weep with people. That is what God has called us to do. So Peter encourages us. He says, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. What things, Peter? To be diligent in peace, without spot, and blameless. You can look forward to the day, the return of Christ, the second coming of Jesus. But first, we need to understand that if we are not in Christ, how can we live in peace? We need to call out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Make Him Lord of our life so that we can live in His peace without spot and blameless because of Him. The Bible says, if we are not in Christ, consider that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. Christ has not returned in over 1,900 years, almost 2,000 years, because He desires that none should perish, but that people would repent. He is patient, and His patience is what leads people to salvation. So is this the end? Is this it? Tornadoes, coronavirus, economy, the deaths that we see? No, this is not it. But it is coming. If you're not at peace, if you're concerned about the life that you're living right now, if you're feeling guilty and scared, then, then you need to get right with God. Thank God for His long-suffering that you have this day. Today is the day of salvation for those of you that are not right where you need to be. But just because this is not it, remember, He is coming back. He's coming back as a thief in the night in a time when we do not know. Don't wait till that day. Call out to God today. Repent of your sins and ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. And then begin to live a life for Him. Let His Spirit live in you and guide you. I don't believe for a minute that this is it. But I also do believe that it won't be long before the Lord's return. Many false prophets, rumors of wars, pestilence will make people think about God in these last days. But I believe according to the word of God that he will come when we think all is well. Today is the day to get ready. Today is the day to get right, to stay right when it's all over. Jesus said in this gospel of the king will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Think about it during these times where we're not meeting in local churches. There are some people that won't go into a local church, but today we are broadcasting uh, our messages over Facebook, over Zoom, over all these other resources. The gospel is going forth. I'm sitting here right now on my desk, and I'm speaking into a microphone for a podcast that I hope hundreds of people will listen to. This gospel will go forth so that people will hear it. The hope of Christ Jesus needs to be preached so that all can make a decision for Him. No, this is not it. But He is coming back. 
And for those of us that are born again, we can look forward to His return. I pray today that you are looking forward to the return of Christ Jesus. If you're not born again, I ask that you pray this prayer with me and that you mean it. The Bible says if we confess with our heart the Lord Jesus Christ, confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we can be saved. Do you believe that Jesus Christ came and died for you? Do you believe that He shed His blood for you? Do you want to make Him Lord of your life? If so, would you pray this prayer? Father, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. I believe and I confess that Jesus Christ came for me, died for me, and rose for me. Father, would you forgive me? Would you wash me clean? Would you live in me? Father, I believe by my confession and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, by making him Lord of my life, that today I am born again, and I want to live a life that's pleasing to you, a life of peace, a life free from spot, and a life free from blame, so that I can look forward to the day of your return. May I live every day from this point forward, pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I know this message is a little bit long, but I pray that you would take it to heart and share it with someone else. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, visit us at teenchallengeuc.org.